0: This is Matt Pack, Uncle Pack, from the CFSL, and I'm here to talk to you about Anchor Podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and I'm going to explain to you why. Number one, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Uh, You're not going to have to skip a meal to be able to do this. It all works for you, brother. Uh, Second, uh, you know, it allows you... To record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, wherever you happen to be at, you can do it in the car. You can do it at home. You can do it. You can do it sitting on the shitter. It doesn't matter. It all works. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. For you, so you don't have to worry about that. You just put, hit the button in the app. It'll put it on Spotify. It'll put it on Apple Podcasts. It'll put it on many other places to where you can get more exposure, get more listens, and you can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. You know, if you once you add these ads in, you get paid for all your other listens and stuff like that that have happened beforehand. So it's a, it's a great deal all around. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to download five, six different apps to do a good podcast. You get Anchor, it takes care of everything for you. So if you listen to Uncle Pack when I'm telling you this, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I promise you, it'll be worth your time. You'll enjoy it. And it will pay off in the end if you put the work in. Go get them. We're talking to the CF, talking to CFSL with Uncle Pack. This is Matt Pack. Everybody knows me, Uncle Pack. Been around for a minute. Uh, I know a thing or two. Know a couple of things I should have got left to learn. But we here and we are on the eve of the season twelve national championship game. And what a uh, you know what a, what a big occasion it is, and what a Seemingly, to me, it's a very very special occasion because Notre Dame is back in the National Championship. They played all the way back in Season 1 where they played us, and they beat us uh, in the Auburn Tigers back in in Season 1 to win the first ever CFSL National Championship. And here we are 12 seasons later with the third different AD to make it with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to the national championship in the CFSL, the pinnacle of simulation football leagues in the world. And I'm glad to have as a guest tonight, Josh Clayton, the AD of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at the CFSL. Josh, how are you doing, man?
1: Oh, I'm a nervous wreck, Matt. How about you? <laughs> I
0: under- oh, Well, I understand the feeling. Um, you know, hey, man, I'm doing great. I'm excited. I, f- I feel like we have had a great season. I feel like we've had a lot of success. I feel like that we've uh, opened a lot of eyes to what we're, what the ability that we have here's a league. And um, I also, I think that we have, this is maybe the most, in my mind, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but this might be the most, one of the most anticipated championship games of all time because we've got number one going up against number two.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. This goes, it goes all the way back with, texas and i i mean we we kind of mirrored each other throughout my entire time here so i'm very excited
0: well you came from you came from clemson yes sir and clemson and texas are traditional rivals from going back to when they first entered the league you know in season three and so you're a clemson guy what season did you first get here josh season eight season eight that's what i thought okay so you came in as you came in as a safety am i am i correct
1: correct free safety yep
0: free safety for uh, the Clemson Tigers in season eight, and that season eight was pretty special for you guys.
1: Yeah, nine and one, uh, won the championship against Juby's Longhorns, and it was a great season. A lot of, a lot of good memories there. There's a lot of ads that came from that season eight Clemson team as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It was a good group. It was a good group. Um, let me, okay, just let's just generalize that for a minute. Talk about how you found the league and your history kind of like your initial impression and how things changed over the first, you know, little bit to make you realize how I might want to be a bigger, be a bigger part of this.
1: Um, Yeah, I was on Twitter one day and I saw the ad and I clicked on it. It was right at the uh, peak of COVID season, so wasn't much else to do. So I joined the league. I started as a three star Free safety, and it wasn't too long before I was an elite. And it was actually kind of funny that uh, the last two teams that were on my recruiting list when I was going to pick my school was Clemson and Texas. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously I ended up going with uh, Clutch and Clemson, but it was a neck and neck race between Juby and him. So and then and throughout that season, eight season, I was just hooked every week. We got I got deeper in, and uh, we I started a podcast with another former player, and
0: yes. uh, I was in, I was on that podcast more than once,
1: <laughs> and I was talking with Clutch, and I was like, "Hey man, I want to get more involved in helping your game plan," and then he get, kind of showed me the generic ropes, and we rolled through, and only one hiccup that season, and then uh, I got Sorry about
0: that.
1: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's, but uh, then I got promoted to Northern Illinois the following
0: season. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so you came in your first season as a three-star. Hey, I'm going to try this out. It don't cost me nothing. And then you decided, you know, I, I like the idea. I like what I'm doing. And you decided to, you know, maybe invest by in a little bit. And, yeah, but you bought in. And the more you bought in, the more you got into it. Next thing you know, you want to run a team yes sir all right well um you know the thing about this is and again i've been here since you know the dawn of man and um is that it's if you allow this to really uh show you what it is it's hard not to get hooked on it that's my that's that's my honest opinion and it is to me the uh I think that's why we have so many loyal guys, we have so many loyal users, so many people who hang around and stuff like that because of the uh, the community that we have. And I, would you agree with that? Oh, that, absolutely, man! It's a brotherhood here. It is. It is. Um, I look at these guys um, for you know. I, I was lucky enough uh, to get to meet you in person this year um, at Hangout, which was you know a lot of fun. You and I had a good time. We all had a good time and uh, got to watch some great games, got to have a lot of good times together and stuff like that. And I think that that is one of the huge drawing points of the league is that, you know, it's not just about playing games. It's about building relationships, you know, stuff like that. And I just want to say that uh, I've watched you since season eight. I've watched you grow, and I've been very proud to see how you've – Progress, but you did mention Northern Illinois, so let's go ahead and talk about it. Oh boy, (laughs) it's hey, we all we've all gone through it, it's okay.
1: Oh, yeah, Northern Illinois was fun. Um, I remember being slightly disappointed when I watched a couple of my peers that came in with me season eight, you know, get promoted to AD spots, sure, but. I kind of took it with a great assault and obviously I walked into Northern Illinois in season nine with big ideas and big goals. And uh, unfortunately it didn't quite end the way I wanted to that season. And we only won one game, which came against uh, my fellow Clemson tiger Lee J who's now running Wisconsin. I have nothing but respect for him and his group out there. They had a great season as well, but uh, it left a, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Sure. Season nine did and came back season 10 and we put together a few more pieces, added a few more. I got a little bit closer to the idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, had a lot better of a season. Still was still fell just short of what I was wanting though. Right. But I uh, had some great guys. Uh Justin Morris Jr. is now at LSU. He was part of that squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bentley Jones, a senior year. He had a great season for us. I mean, there's a lot of there was a lot of good pieces and there's a lot of good experiences of NIU, regardless of the three and thirteen record that likes to get thrown around.
0: Well, no, okay, yeah, but I don't, who cares about the record in the MAC? I, nobody cares, not me. Uh, I mean, honestly, the MAC is there to learn to do the job. That's what it's there for. I wish the MAC had been there when I started because I didn't when I have when I felt like I had to. Uh, learn on the fly so much so to speak you guys had that distinct advantage of being able to have a training ground you know what i mean like a. Yeah. I hate i hate to say minor league because it feels like a derogatory term but i'm not using it that way yeah it was a developmental a developmental league approved you know uh something like that and you guys got to do that now you improved by two wins from your first season to your second season so something changed a you had good personnel both seasons i remember that mm-hmm. okay we're not we're not going to blame personnel so but you had good personnel both seasons but you improved by two games which over the course of a six game season uh well an eight game, well yeah i mean you guys you improved about probably 35 40% something like that in that neighborhood in your win percentage over over, over just over just from your first season to your second season mm-hmm. and um what, what what would you contribute that to
1: um, I had a little bit clearer idea in season 10 of what I wanted my team to look like than I did in season nine. Season nine, I was I hit it hard in recruiting and I compiled a bunch of talent, but I just had no idea what direction I wanted to go with them. and we had no identity. Up until towards the end of that season, we didn't really see I didn't really see what I wanted out of this team. And then when we came back, season ten, I had a clear, and concise like this is what I want, this is what I'm going to do, and I tried to build a team exactly to fit that scheme that I had in my head
0: that I wanted to run. Okay, so so what you did, you think you would it be fair to say that it went, in your second season you had less of an idea of what you wanted to do until you knew what personnel you had? Correct. Okay, so um all uh, right that's going to leave us good because uh i want to talk about you know I, you came in you can you you're, you're you came out of clutch's uh coaching family so uh, and uh, clutch is a he's a hall of fame member of the cfsl he'll one day be a hall of fame ad uh probably sooner rather than later and uh you know he's uh You know, he's a guy that he's not the most outspoken dude in the world, at least not in league chat, so to speak. You know what I mean? He's not the loudest cat in the room. Uh, He doesn't talk the most crap, whatever. But his teams always show up. So what would you, you know, if you could pick a couple of things that you learned, and I'm not talking about specific whatever, it's just like ideas that you picked up from your original AD, from Clutch, what would you say?
1: Um, I think that if you look at the way our two teams play, even coming up to this season, they're very similar based. It's based on a great defense, which both of us have. Mm-hmm. And his philosophy on offense is a little bit different than mine. He likes to, you know, air it out a little bit more. I'm more conservative on offense. I like to grind out the defense. And, but I think the, he, well, the best thing that he's ever showed me is that a defense is what you need first. You can't, you can't win at all based on an explosive offense. You got to have a great defense in there. okay,
0: all right. So you're saying that defense wins championships, and offense puts up a good show. Correct. I, I mean, I mean to just to paraphrase. Um, so okay, so taking all that into account, we move into season eleven, which was a shortened season due to uh, some issues and COVID and some other stuff, you know, um, but. We move into season eleven and you guys and you get a promotion. Correct. When and and how again, this is just two buddies talking, but uh how excited were you when you found out you were getting your team?
1: Oh, I was ecstatic, man. It was it was uh Purulation. It was coming from uh, NIU, which is a school that I, you know, I really tried to connect with, but I just didn't have that emotional connection. It, it, with it,
0: it, it's, it's different. It's different, isn't it? It's. It I've is. never. I, I've I've only ever been at Auburn, and that's my school. So I've been lucky, honestly, you know, to have my team the whole time. But I, I I've always tried to imagine trying to coach uh, UCLA, or uh, you know, whoever you know, uh Michigan State or, you know, I mean nothing against any of those teams. It's just they're not my team. Correct. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I totally get it.
0: And I have a hard time imagining it. Um is I have a hard time imagining being this balled in. It's
1: it. it's different for sure. Uh I mean I would I gave NIU everything I had, but it was just it's different now. Mm-hmm. Now losing is not an
0: option. Like it's just it's easier to buy in. It's <laughs> yeah. easier. To, it's easier to buy in. It's easier to go full bore, but the losses hit harder. They do. They do. Which I think is the interesting point because what was your record in season eleven?
1: Four and two.
0: Uh, four and one in the regular season.
1: Yeah, four and one in the regular season. Four and two overall.
0: Four and two overall. You lost in the. Uh,
1: was it the first round of the playoffs? Yep, the wild card round. Yep. Okay, and who
0: did you get beat by? My former mentor, in the clutch at Boise State. Okay, well, I'm glad I could to beat you. Um, the uh, it's if you're going to get beat by somebody, does it help if it's the guy that taught you how to do the job?
1: Oh, um, I think that actually hit a little bit harder because the competitor in me wants to wants to be a step above what my mentor is. So. Sure. As much as I was honored to step on the okay. field with Clutch and you know duke it out, go wit for wit with him, I really wanted that win just uh, so personally I could be like, all right, now the the master is as now the mentor is some, uh, the mentee has surpassed the mentor. You know what I mean?
0: Right, I noticed that. Yeah, the student's the teacher now. And okay, so okay, so it was hit a little harder with was clutch. Yeah, I I mean, again, I, again, I, I'm asking because I don't have experience in this. Um, I, I never had a uh, – I, I never got to have a mentor as an AD. Um, uh, and so so you lose in the first round, and that's obviously tough. Who did you lose to that regular season? Do you remember? Uh, we
1: lost to USC in the final week of the season.
0: Final week of the season, you lost to USC. Okay. So you lost two good teams. Yep. And, but you did – you had a, a, a one-loss record. In a five-week season, and then you lost in the first round to a good team. And uh, so, when you leave that season, how do you feel when you when you come out of season eleven?
1: What are your feelings? Uh, we were disappointed as a team. Uh, we okay. knew we knew we were better than the, the last two games that we played, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of experience on this team. We had a lot of youthfulness, and uh, the guys that. The only guys that left were the guys that got promoted to a different job, so I was very sure. happy for them. Yeah, But the rest of the team that stayed, they were motivated, and they were hungry, and uh, we knew what we had to do going into the
0: offseason. Okay. So what you're telling me, and, again, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, is that you go – you make a 40% improvement, at least, we'll say, and from your first season to your second season running a team at NIU, and then you move up to the big leagues. Which is a jump. Just um, describe that just briefly. The jump from the from the MAC to the CFSL every week.
1: Oh man, it's you're playing the Bowling Green State University every single week. I mean, you're playing yeah. the best of the best. That's not you're not you don't have not that I ever beat Ball State, but just because they were right down with my Huskies, I mean, you weren't you didn't get a Ball State in your schedule. Right.
0: So the, in other words, there were no off weeks. No. It was every week you had to line up and play because you, the guys you were going against, you knew they had talented teams, they had pretty good ads, and and you know you had to, you had to bring your yeah you better own your a game every week or you could lose. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so you get through season eleven. At this point, yeah, you're 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 very young in your CFSL career. You've lost one regular season or a game, one playoff game. All right, so now if you could define um, a point in time or not a point in time or maybe just a game or a result or something where something clicked for you
1: um, um, i think it was not so much at a certain time i think it was like an evolution obviously playing your auburn tigers week 1 on my first game that was a game that i i've circled back to several times and and i've watched rewatched it and I, that's what I do. I try to rewatch my key losses that I feel like they are in my career, and I watch my team play out. And I know what I put in for settings wise. And I'm like, what if I would have done this? What, what, what was I missing here? And I try to figure that out. And you know, losing the Juby my second year as a head coach in a close matchup or close-ish matchup, they pulled away in the fourth quarter. But for three quarters, we fought hard with them, uh, losing to Texas A&M uh and then jumping on that Texas A&M staff as a player in season 10 I think definitely helped because it was uh Rev who's now the AD out there and I kind of pulling together and you know really teaching each other you know he looks like, I learned this and I was like well I learned this and we put it together as a combined unit and we made it to the national championship as a team that year.
0: You did? I, yeah, I, I, well, I, had, I had the uh, privilege to call that game.
1: So I think it was a, not so much a certain event. It was just a, a perfect storm of things that kind of helped. I'm not even sure if anything's still like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing because I don't think anybody right. does. But no. I have a clear idea of what I need to do to accomplish what I want to get done.
0: Okay. So you take it as more of a cumulative – uh Process more of a. This has happened over time, and this is what I've picked up over time. There's not one touchstone moment where I was like, "Ooh, I've got it!" Eureka. No, because you know, as soon
1: as you, I feel like as soon as you do that, you, you're gonna get beat. Because I, I guess season eleven, after it was going into week eight, and I was like, "Eureka, we got it! We're we're rolling, people! We're putting up 55 points a game, and then we get curb stomped by USC in week eight. <laughs> and then yeah, so yeah. I.
0: Well, reality, I mean, it, that and that but that, that's the reality of the league, is that everyone is always working. We always want to pride ourselves on our own work and what we do. Um, where we make the mistake is we think that other people aren't doing the same thing. Oh, absolutely. And uh, to me, I'm going I, I, I to speak personally just for a second. To me, that was, I think, my biggest learning moment was that I was putting in early on, this was season two, season three. And I was putting in, like, hours and hours and hours. I'm talking about, like, 15, 60 Sims a week by myself. And uh, and then I would lose, and it would eat me alive. Because I'd be like, what did I miss? How could I miss it? What, what what happened? What happened? What happened? And I wasn't giving the other guy credit that he might have been putting in the hours I was, or he may have, I don't know. But he was working as hard as I was, and he was gaining knowledge the same way I was. And that was the, you know, he happened to capitalize on something that I didn't find or the game just went his way or whatever it happened to be. But, you know, you always – as an AD, you always want to blame yourself when you lose. I've, I've got this saying, that when we win, it's the players. When we lose, it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I, I live by that. And, um, and because – you know, at the end of the day, I'm the ones. I'm the one putting in the numbers. I'm the one that's signing the check, so to speak. And uh, so it's it's hard to get out of that mindset when you lose. Um, and but what you have to, as I what I've had to do in, in my time doing this is to realize that sometimes you do the best you can, and it just doesn't fall your way. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, it, and it's not always because you. It's not always because the, they're the better team. Sometimes it's just because they had the better plan. Sometimes it's because the game worked out better for them, whatever. And that's kind of the beauty of being in a league that's as competitive as this is. So, all right, so you've uh, – so, okay, you're three seasons in at this point as a leader of a team. You have lost uh, – since, since you have got out of the MAC. you've lost one regular season game and one playoff game. Correct. Now we're going into season twelve. And season twelve has been huge for us, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into it, we came into this season. Uh, all the ads knew that this was a season that we wanted to nail. We wanted to, we wanted to put on a show. We wanted it to be exciting. We wanted it to be competitive, and we wanted it to show that this league is growing and getting better. It's not stagnating. It's not staying the same. So we come into season twelve, and I'll just let you. I'm gonna let you just talk for a minute about uh, what your motivation coming into the season was, and how you felt as the season played out for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish.
1: Well, obviously, coming off that Boise loss at the end of season eleven, then having to watch watch everybody, you know, continue. Uh, this is no shade of any team, but there were some some of the teams that were in the playoffs still that I was like, man, I just really liked to, I really like a shot at them. Mm-hmm. I really think that we could compete with everybody here. So that was rough. And then obviously going to hang out. I mean, it was a great time. It was amazing to see everybody, but to watch the national championship game at hangout and knowing that I think I could have been there.
0: Yeah. That ate, that ate at
1: me a little bit. Uh, then uh, the new ADs were announced, and I was very happy to see my two guys, uh, Will Stevens taking over Clemson and Tyler Steedman, who's been a huge part of this team ever since he came in season eight or season nine. I can't remember exactly when it came in, but at quarterback taking over Miami. So yeah. I knew that we had to – we had some holes we had to fill, and but we still had a great core, and the mission stayed the same, and all the guys in the locker room were – on board with, you know, first things first, we're gonna win our conference. Second thing second, we're gonna go win it all. And sure. so before we can get there, we had to well obviously we had to replace a quarterback and I did my due diligence when recruiting a quarterback. I talked to every available quarterback there was. And you know
0: uh, you know there were there was uh, there were people who questioned who you signed at quarterback.
1: Yeah. Um, simply,
0: simply based on star level, simply based on his, you know, what will you read in his username? That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, how, did that. How, how did that make you feel?
1: Um, I kind of laughed at it because I was like, well, I've talked to all these quarterbacks for hours and I'm telling you, this is the guy, this is going to be the guy out of this class that everybody's going to look back on and Everybody, like, Yep. He was the best of that class. Because I, I know Kaishan, and I know how motivated he is, and I I know how much he, he wants to succeed in this league, and that's something he expressed to me during recruiting very thoroughly. He's like, I want to win. I want to be the reason we win. I'm not going to be the reason we lose, Coach. Just believe in me. And I'm very glad at the decision I made at quarterback there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Turned out to be a really good decision because he's had a, he's had a fantastic year. Uh, this year as the as your well red shirt freshman but uh well as your freshman no he's a he's a straight up freshman he's a true freshman yeah he's a true freshman quarterback and uh the guy has um had a fantastic season all year long and he's done he's made good on one of those promises for sure he hasn't he, ha- he has not got you beat
1: yeah he's Then uh, we signed – we needed some wide receiver depth because I noticed last season that's kind of where we were lacking. We didn't have enough explosiveness on offense. So we went out and we signed Jacory Henderson. Uh, He was a a kind of under-the-radar recruit. No one really knew what to expect of Jacory, and he's come in. He's made a huge impact for us. Obviously, we we returned some freshman red shirts and Mo Kitchens and Nick Hopper and Rocky Dale. Those guys have all been huge for our defense. But then we also went out and we built that defensive line that I felt was my weakness on defense last year. So we got the transfer Jack Lamb, the four-star D-tackle. Then we went out and signed Dwayne Fowler, a three-star defensive end, just add some more depth. And I think we really built a very well-balanced team.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, speaking from an outsider's perspective, only, you know, again – because uh, I don't know ratings, I don't know any of that stuff or whatever. But uh, you know, I, I believe that you have one of the best defenses assembled, top to bottom, um, that I've ever seen. I do, especially that back end. That back end. Let's just talk for a second about the the, the back side of your defense, that secondary and that linebacking core.
1: I mean, that's those are the, that's the pride of Notre Dame right now. Uh, you know, Nick Hopper, he's been. He's been an All-American ever since he stepped on the field. Mo Kitchens is – I mean, that's two times – the two times we played Oregon, he's been the reason we won.
0: I was, you're right. I was going to bring that up. The, the two times you played Oregon, Mo Kitchens is the guy that's made the difference.
1: Yeah, he's been the reason we won both games. So, he's been a huge part. And then the two guys that I feel get don't get talked about enough are my two lockdown corners on the outside with Sidney Banks, Jr., the junior redshirt and Emilio Gonzalez, the senior redshirt. I mean, both guys have over five interceptions apiece. Yeah. And they've been they've been locked down. And they allow Rocky Dale and Al Walker and Mo Kitchens and, you know, Nick Hopper to kinda of go out there and do their thing. Well without I can, them, I think that I can, our defense look tremendously different.
0: I can speak from experience with Emilio Gonzalez because he played at Alabama before he played for Notre Dame. And uh Yeah, that was not fun. Um, You know, he's just—he's a lockdown guy, like you say. He takes care of his side of the field. Sidney Banks Jr. was – I didn't know what to expect out of him exactly coming into the season, we'll say. Um, But he's proven to be invaluable in his role. When you have two lockdown corners like that, and it allows your safeties and your linebackers a little bit more room to maneuver, how much – How much more freedom do you think that gives you on defense?
1: It allows us to, uh, you know, do whatever we want on defense. We can run more aggressive because I trust my two corners to to beat their guys one-on-one. I don't need to have a safety help back there. Or if we want to just, you know, sit back and play prevent. I mean, no one's going to be able to pass on us either just because of the combined collective unit that we have back there. So I think it allows us to do whatever we want. And without those guys, I don't know where we'd be this season.
0: Well, I've noticed that you like to play a really aggressive defense. Well, I won't say really aggressive. I mean but you like to you like to get after the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh I, that's just my defensive philosophy. I think the more you can get after the quarterback, the more you can get him rattled, the more opportunities for turnovers you can create. And I think we've done a pretty good job this year at creating turnovers when they when they present themselves. Well,
0: speaking for experience, I'll say yeah. Uh you know, um, and, again, um, I'll go ahead and ask the question because, you know, I mean, I've given you enough hell over the last several seasons about stuff. So, I'm going to give you a chance to give some back. What was it like in that first round of the playoffs? Oh, I, I, probably the same none, for you, man. I none, was I was, none, none, yeah. I was exhausted. Uh, I was
1: stressed. And we just got the better coin flip that night, I believe. Wow. I, I, Auburn is a way better team than what that score indicated.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. I feel like that we could have played a better game. I will say that I do think you had the better team. I think that I was up against it in that game. Um, I'm proud of my guys. Wasn't trading for anything in the world. But uh, I think we were up against it in that game. And you guys came out. And not only did you show you were the better team, you demonstrably showed that you were the better team. And... Uh, we can blame the semantics of that on whatever we want to. It doesn't make any difference. The results are the results, and you deserve every bit of credit for what happened in that game. Uh, so I want I right. to publicly congratulate you for what you did.
1: I appreciate that.
0: But like you said,
1: uh, all the credit goes to the players. They're the one who showed up, and they executed Absolutely. the game plan.
0: Well, congr- congratulations to those guys, because they, they did what they needed to do to show that they belong to be out there. They deserve to be number one. And uh, so, you know, I'll credit to them. And then you go into the second playoff round and you've got Oregon, who you had beaten by three points in the regular season. Yep. And that was one more of a game, bud.
1: Oof. Yeah. Uh, I knew as soon as I – because we all watched the game in the locker room after – after our game and watched Oregon and Missouri play. And as soon as we saw that we were going to get the ducks again, we were not, not excited. I mean, they gave us everything we wanted and then some in the regular season.
0: Well, they just don't go away. Do they,
1: they don't. And they have, they have a defense that is amazing with the Longtree brothers playing you know, Jedediah Dye and Dianne Tutu are amazing. Then they have Mo Lloyd, and their cornerbacks are no slouches either. And they really, they really went after us. They did a great job at shutting down what we want to do most on offense, and that's our run. We like to attack you guys, we like to attack teams on the ground. And it wasn't until the late fourth quarter until Deuce was really able to find any kind of holes. And that was just based on Oregon's defense getting worn out. Uh, they, Stole the ball for us three different occasions. Uh, they were aggressive. They were, they were fast, and they gave me about gave me a heart attack, man.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, and, and not to, not to take the focus off Notre Dame, but just for a, a, a little sidetrack here. How, How interesting is it that so many people gave Venom so much crap about? Oh, you'll just use Frosty's old settings at Oregon, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, and then you see what Venom was able to do. And how in that team, both, both Frosty's season eleven team and and Venom's season twelve team were both very good, but they didn't look the same.
1: No, they, they play very very differently than the, the than Frosty's team. And I think guys just like to give anybody that's new kind of a harder time. Uh, you ask Alan, I inherited a playoff Notre Dame team, so sure. <laughs> so I just think it's a kind of. Uh, you just kind of got to take your growing pains and people like to throw shots at you to see how you react.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, it's being an AD is kind of, kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's an initiation to a certain degree. I think, um, not that I would know, not that I inspire any of that, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, not. so, okay. So you finished the season, um, finished the regular season undefeated.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, no, um, one other team has done that in history.
1: That's correct.
0: That would be the Ohio State Buckeyes in season five. Uh, they lost in the second round of the playoffs. You won. Now you're 10-0. Okay. And you got one left. So that's what's going to lead us to our final point here. And then we'll close up a little bit afterwards. But um, our final point here is you are 11. You are, you know, 10-0. Uh, and 0 heading into the national championship game against the second longest tenured AD in this league. And a guy who's had his share of success and is going into his second championship game in Juby. That's correct. With a team that many would argue is as hot as anybody has been since week two. That's correct. So, you know, just looking ahead, you know, obviously you want to win the game. We all know that, you know, but, uh, Looking ahead, what do you foresee in that matchup? I think it's yeah, that's going to give you either help you or hurt you.
1: I think it's going to be two colossals just going head to head. I think it's going to be a knockout drag out game. Whether that benefits us or not, I mean, that's to be determined. But both teams have a very established run game. Both teams have a 1,000-yard rusher. Both teams have a quarterback that takes care of the ball and you can make plays when you need them to. Both plays ha- Both teams have explosive players on the outside. Both teams have a great defense. I mean, I don't really know how you can split hairs in this game to really see who's gonna who's the better team besides lining them up for four quarters and seeing who comes out at the top of the end. What do you think about your freshman quarterback lining up against Beto Pepino? I think that Kaishan has handled every situation like a senior this year. No situation has ever been too big for him. He's never he's never too up, and he's never too down. He's very calm. He's very collected, and he goes out there, and he just handles his business. So I don't think that stage is going to be too high. And, you know, Vito Papina was is a great quarterback. He's probably the best of all time if you look at all the standings and records. And He's right there at it. The only thing he's missing is a national championship, and you know, that's right. I'd love to be the guy that denies him twice.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. Again, just uh, again, I'm just asking the question. Um, the last time Texas had an all-time great quarterback, he didn't win a championship to his senior season. Yep, and that was that was Voodoo Tatum. He was close several times, wasn't able to do it. Now, this is Vito's senior season. Does that even enter into your think- into your mindset going into this game?
1: No. Uh, I mean, that's that's for the press. That's for the media guys. That's, that's their storyline. Our storyline is we're going to go out there and we're going to play our style of football and we're going to hopefully force Texas to play our brand of football. And if we can do that, I don't think there's a team in the country that can beat us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that answer. I do. Okay. Well, Josh, you know, you've, uh, you're you sitting at 10-0, <laughs> trying to pull off the first full, complete, undefeated season in league history. Um, I, I'll say uh, personally, as again, I, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, how proud I am of you. I appreciate uh, that. Seeing your growth, seeing your, your, your growing into the job, and not only into the job as an AD, but into the job as a leader in the league and things like that. And I see the team that you put together, and it's obviously – ridiculously impressive, and um, I, you know I just want to say that uh, don't. My only piece of advice for you would be don't rest on your laurels, even if you win tomorrow night, which you can. I mean, I'm, I obviously you have as, you're you're as fifty fifty as Texas is. You know what I mean to me? Yep. I, I'm not. I, I, I don't. I don't put bed lines on this stuff in podcasts, but uh, you know. If you win this thing, don't rest on your laurels. Because I promise you, getting to one is one thing. Getting to another one is a whole different animal. You know? And winning one, that's the biggest prize of all. That's it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I would advise I would give I would hope that you keep this same enthusiasm and hunger because I think from what I've heard today, it's your enthusiasm about this that has led to the success that you've had. And I would encourage you not to let go of that. I would encourage you to hold on to that and to stick with that. And because it's, if you do, then you're going to be able to keep doing what you do. that the, the ADs who have continued success are excited and they're enthused and they're, they're wound up about what they're doing for whatever reason, maybe it's because of their team or they just like doing it, whatever. But, uh, those are the guys who have continued success and have repeated success. So that would be my advice to you going forward. And of course, obviously I want to wish you all the luck in the world tomorrow night. You know, you know, you're my buddy, you and Joe both are, and uh, I'm going to be rooting for both of you. Obviously I'm rooting for a great game. Um, I can't pick favorites. I I mean, I could, but I'm not. Uh, And it, I, I I'm not going to pick favorites because I, I think the world of both you guys, both both you guys' teams. I have friends on both sides, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I hate. I, I I I'm going to love to see some of you win, and I'm going to hate to see some of them, some of you lose. But you know, I've been on both sides of it, so I know what it feels like. Um, so I would say just uh, go out there and put on a show, man. Put on be be Notre Dame. Be Notre Dame. That's what you needed. You've done it all year long. Do it again. Be Notre Dame. And I feel like that you go out there, you play your game, you give it everything you got. There's nothing else to say. Yes, sir. You know? That's I it.
1: Fullheartedly agree. I mean, we're looking forward to this matchup. This is outside of Wisconsin. This is the one that, you know, we've been chirping about in the locker room about we want to see what we square up against Texas like. And, now we got it, so it's gonna well, be four quarters of exciting football. I do predict.
0: I believe it will. I believe it's gonna be. I think we're setting up for an all-time classic. I really do, and uh, you know, and again, you'll get your chance at Wisconsin eventually. Trust me. <laughs> uh but uh, again, man, I'm just in. I, I, I'm gonna. You got anything you want to say here at the end? Go ahead, and then I'll close us out. I
1: just want to wish uh, Juby and his. Texas Longhorns. The best of luck tomorrow. Let's go put on a show. Let's burn it down.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate that. Well, listen, guys, um, this is, again, this is Uncle Pat. have been had the privilege, the privilege to uh, get just a few minutes to talk to Josh Clayton, the AD of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who will be playing tomorrow night um, in the CFSL National Championship game on Twitch TV. Um, and if, you know – you know, if you got plans, change them because we are about to see some serious college football, college simulation football league action going on. Maybe, maybe one of the greatest games I believe that we've ever seen against with two of the most high-powered, dynamic teams that I've ever seen line up in this game. And uh, you know, again, don't miss it. Whatever you do, don't be the, don't be the one guy among your friends group. Who says? Oh no, I didn't watch the game because then you're going to feel foolish when you hear how awesome it was. But again, I, I want to again I want to thank Josh for your time, and uh, I want to thank uh, everybody who tunes in and listens tonight. Uh, but again, be sure to tune in tomorrow night. I believe starting at six central time. Is that right? Um, for the uh, the pregame, uh, we're going to allow everybody to get in, get in from work, get settled, get dinner, and stuff like that, and then everybody can just settle in for the night of the CFSL National Championship game between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Texas Longhorns. And it's going to be in the Orange Bowl. And, boys, it's going to be a big one. So, again, I want to see how much we appreciate everybody. Um, I'll be back maybe hopefully later tonight with a interview from a member of the Texas staff. And uh, we're going to try to get both sides of this coin, get both sides for sure, because I'm nothing about fair. And, uh, you know, but, again, in – you hope that this uh helps you get hyped up for the game tomorrow all right thanks everybody